Good morning. From the Boomer and the Babe studio at the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Good morning. This is Tom Legering. And this is the Tom and Terry Show. Uh, Dr. Terry Munther, however, today is in Washington State. Uh, I'm here at Sun City Country Club, my normal stand. Uh, Dr. Terry is uh, working with a a rural school district in the Spokane area of Washington State, and he's uh, putting their school program on a very... uh, productive plane, I guess is the way you would call it. It's it's so hard in in when people start working with the schools and see uh, all the rules and regulations that go into the teaching and how little sometimes teaching actually gets down to the kids where they're where they're shown things that they can do. So part of what we're gonna do today is I'm going to talk about uh, the rewrite of our book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours. Um, we're, we're changing that around a little bit to get people onto the idea of how to get your vision of what you want, how to structure yourself as a business, and why I say that, your, your life should be for a profit. And, of course, in your life it's not about money, it's about the things that you actually can leave behind. So the goodness that you can leave behind is what you're up to. So um, this show can be, uh, you can hear our show today. I'm, I know a lot of times people listen uh, after the uh, after the show's over, and then they just go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Boomer and Babe, that's all run together, uh, .com. And the the idea is if you will go there and look for it, um, you can see any of our shows that we've been doing. And I think really for you to understand, why do we have these shows? What are we trying to accomplish? And what when I first started, it was just to talk about the book and We've done qu- quite well with the book, but if you if you understand, I didn't write the book to have it be a business, and it's not a business. I don't. This is not to make money. Uh, I've I've done business before to make money. So at my age, um, I'm just trying to leave something. So I wrote the book, Success or Failure: The Choice Is Yours. And I wrote that for my kids so that they could see how to put themselves together so that their lives actually had meaning and were doing things that that would benefit other people. And if you do that, you wind up benefiting yourself. And 
You don't have to plan it that way, but that's just how it works out. So understanding that when you're doing things that are good and a benefit for the society that you live in, that's that's a good thing. Now, how do you get paid for doing that? Sometimes the pay is what we call psychic income, but the the book is about that whole idea of your life. What did you accomplish? What do you want to accomplish? Now, that seems contradictory. What did I accomplish and what do I want to accomplish? That is not contradictory because what I want you to do is think of when you die, you will have a tombstone. And on that tombstone, what do you want it to say you did? Here's a person lived, he ate a lot of donuts, and then he died. I mean, there's a donut shop that might be happy about that, but what about your family, your friends, your community, your country? What what good did you do for them? So what would you like to be on your tombstone? I want it to be said, here lies Tom Legring, born 1938, died 2138. So what did I do? I just planned to live for 200 years. Now, if I don't, do I care? No. It's how much can I do, how much can I accomplish in that time? So that's the first part of my my epitaph is my time, is the fact I planned to be here a lot longer than I probably actually will. But my goal is Tom found happiness by achieving success of helping others find their success. That's what I wanted to say on my tombstone. I help people find their their way to the things that they want to accomplish that are good and benefit the, the the country. And I think if you look at what's going on in the country now, how how can each one of us help? Everybody talks about this thing going on in Baltimore. And what is that thing? I mean, you can't turn on the news or read the paper without reading about Baltimore. And what is it? There were people that were complaining about police, alleged police brutality, and how the laws are set up that protect that. But then you see, who are these police operating with? They're operating with gangs of people that are throwing rocks and bricks and injuring police officers. Now, someplace the humans that are throwing the rocks have to understand that that's not productive. And so all the talking heads will come on and say, oh, well, they just, this is all about failed policies. This is all about failed policies and no jobs. Oh, well, let's see. What kind of a job do these people think they would be able to get? Um, Being able to loot and burn buildings, like that First Baptist Church that they took the, the congregation five years to fund and build, and it got burnt to the ground? Is that the person that was doing that? Would that be the person I want to hire to come to work for me? 
I don't think so. Yes, it might be failed policies, but it's failed on the individual's part. This is about not society getting jobs for people that don't want jobs. They just want an opportunity to go loot and steal from somebody who is productive and is trying. Now, you may not agree with that, and that's my opinion, and the nice thing about it is everybody in the world has one. That's an opinion. Uh, That's my opinion. I think what has to happen is the individuals, the people that live in in those communities, and you see there's a large segment of those people that live in that community that live and work and are productive they're the ones that had a silent protest they're not the ones that were rioting you have to understand there's difference in there and then when we get down to those other people that were not rioting that lived there they went in and they're cleaning up they're not waiting for the city to come and clean up they're not waiting for something else to happen But now, if they got to the point where instead of taking pictures of police officers that are um, doing something untoward, and I think if they do things that are untoward, you should take their picture and you should make a case out of them. But that doesn't mean every police officer is that way. And it doesn't mean that if those people that live and love their communities would be there taking photographs of the people that were doing the looting, maybe, just maybe, they could get some help. They could get straightened out or as they're being incarcerated. So the the point is that if you're in a community and it's dysfunctional, it's part of your job to make it better. So the people that live there have to understand when they have kids going to school and the kids are not getting an education because they're out trying to sell drugs in the afternoon, uh, that isn't a good thing. That isn't something that will help them. And once the citizens decide to band together, and it isn't wrong to, to call the police on somebody that's doing something that's not right and is bad for your community. If the citizens would turn in the people themselves instead of fighting with the police, and cooperate with the police against the people that are doing things that are damaging their community, this would be a better better society. But that's just my one-sided opinion about it. But that is why I'm writing the book. That's why I'm rewriting the book. So if you look at it, today I'm going to read you some things from, uh, from my, my new first chapter. And... I want you to think of this. I I am in the process of, of, like I say, of rewriting my book, right? And what is what am I trying to say when I do that? I'm saying there's been something missing because I didn't write it at first with my son. I, we didn't write it for um, the public. It was for my kids so that they would figure out what to do. I'm very proud of my kids. I got three, and then my wife has a son that's that's like ours. He's living in Europe right now, and he's doing okay. Um, my oldest daughter is retired. She was a special needs teacher for 15 or 16 years over in Torrance, 
city schools in um, Torrance, California. Uh, my middle daughter worked with, uh, has a property management business and that I started, and she's running that in California. And then my youngest, which is my son, uh, he's over here in Arizona. He's a big help to me and our family business. <clears throat> I'm running his golf course, the family golf course, uh, for my family and my brother's family. Um, so that's kind of what, what our organization is here. My son's in property management, and uh, he's he's figured he's been doing that for over 25 years, and he's getting some very good uh, recommendations for from cities where they're actually turning around some of these bad properties, and that's why I feel I have something to say about people that are in Baltimore where those riots are. I lived through the California riots, both of them, uh, and. When I was in high school, we had a had a racial group attack our school. Um, I went to Loyola High School <clears throat> on 16th and, and Normandy in L.A., and we were attacked by about 200, maybe 300 uh, people that came and tried to destroy our our school, and several people got injured. I I fortunately was in a class that wasn't part of it. Um, but that's so I have seen that stuff. I've lived with it. And what I'm trying to say is you can't put that stuff together. You can't tie that stuff together and say, Oh, well these people are just had failed policies. The the government isn't supporting them. Excuse me. How much money has been spent to help the different people in the urban settings? It's it's just mind-boggling. And then they say, oh, well, we want jobs. Well, no, they don't really want a job. What they want is uh, minimum wage to be 15 to $20 an hour to flip hamburgers. If you understand a job isn't a sacred right, just because the government and unions want to have certain numbers and they do it by limiting the n amount of people or the, your ability to be fired... A company has to run on a profit. It has to make money to support its staff and its investors. And when a person comes to me and says, oh, I would like to be uh, your uh, uh, work for you. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And they say, oh, well, I just want to work for you. I said, well, what you have to do is figure out how you can make me money so I can pay you. And oh, by the way, it takes 28% on top of your salary to pay into the government for support and your social security and all the rest of it. And you say, well, I, I don't, I don't want to think like that. I just want to get a paycheck. Well, yeah, everybody wants a paycheck. People in a business want to get a paycheck. And to think that just because you have a business, you have an automatic right to a paycheck. These people in Baltimore that had their businesses looted, that's their inventory, is stolen. And then they burn the place down? Where? How does that work? Oh, and then you want them to come back in business and hire you? I think there's something askew in the thinking. When we get our own president saying that the 
people that are looting are just thieves. They're just stealing. That's the that's the lowest, the least thing that those looters did. They robbed the people of their livelihood. They didn't just steal from them. They took their goods and then they burned down their store. These are things that we as human beings have to figure out isn't going to make it. So what I'm trying to do with the book, now you see my conversation is a little convoluted. I go around and then I come back, but I'm still on the track in my brain of what what is going on. And if you look at the book, on the front of it, there's a little dollar sign. And I put that in there primarily so you see them lying down. And there were six chapters as you move up. You start and then you move up through these six chapters and the ideas to live your life well. Okay, now what has that got to do with what I was just talking about, the looters and the thieves and the bad people or the people who want a job and don't want to work, they just want a paycheck, they don't understand they have to make money for the boss so the boss has money to pay them? That's what my book is about. My book is about how can I help people understand that the people that have money or are the 1% or the 10% of the population that has most of the money, why do they do that? Why do they have it? And why is the two groups, the highest economic group, which is the wealthy, meaning highest of monetary ability, and the lowest group, meaning the lowest ones that are poverty and under, what what kind of thing is happening to those two groups? Basically nothing. The wealthy are going to stay wealthy, and the poor are going to stay poor. What's changing? The middle class, the you and me. The you and me are getting hammered. And why is that? It's because the rich don't need anybody to take care of them. They they can pay for the laws that they need. You got Soros on the one hand and you got the Koch brothers on the other. It doesn't matter. They're both wealthy people that have more than enough. And I, I don't dis I don't want to disparage either one of them in any way. I mean I agree with one and not the other, but that's just myself. And I hope everybody else is like that. But the point is that the middle class, and that's the people that I'm looking at, is we're being hammered. We have to support all the people under us, and we're just targets. So how do you figure out how to do that? You have to have a, a, a mindset that says, what you're trying to accomplish. And so what I've done is I'm changing my book. So it, I do say in one of the phases that you are to think of yourself as a business and your job is to run your life for a profit. Now, a profit is defined by you. What, what do you want from your life? What will you put out so other people will want to be part of your life? The ones that you want to be part of your life. 
So how does how does how do you put all those things together? How does this work? Well, on a in a business chart, if you have a business, there's 33 jobs that have to be done in it. There's a CEO, just one person. There's a president in charge of administration, and there's a vice president in charge in charge of operations. Now, why am I why am I taking you down this path and talking about business now. I'm talking about business because your life needs to be run like a business. When you exit life, because we all are, when you do, what do you want people to say about how you lived your life? And by that I mean, what do you want to say about how you lived your life? Was it productive? Did you work and produce a profit? Did you help other people? Did you make life on this planet better? What is it that you want to accomplish? And whatever it is that you want to accomplish, that has to be your vision. That's your start. So now I've talked, and I want you to just take a pencil and paper and diagram what I just said. The top is the CEO. Over on the left is Vice President Administration. On the right, Vice President of Operations. Operations is what you do. Now, under Administration, well, under those three, there's seven, seven. There's seven different jobs that have to be held, and I call them um, divisions. There are seven divisions. And under them, each division has three bottom um, or departments, three departments. Okay. So the first division is not number one. The first division in any business is the executive. It's number seven. Now, you're going to say, Tom, how do you start with seven before one? It's because I can't start a business, I can't start my life unless I know why I'm doing it. In business, it's not what you do, it's not how you do it, it's why you do it. Why are you listening to this program? Why are you listening to this guy just going, well, he's talking in these confusing circular motions and uh, I should run my life like a business. Well, I don't even like a business. I don't like my job like 70% of the people. You know, how does this work? And it's what I'm redoing my book for is so that you can figure out how to start your, your, your yourself how to start, how to have the executive branch division, which is Division 7, is now going to be one. That's going to be your first one. So I'm starting out the book with Chapter 7, then 1 and 2. That Those are administrative arms. Then Chapter 3, 4, 5, and 6 are what we do. This is the what and the how. 
but the why comes from executive. And so to start the, out the book, we will help you find a path to living a successful and productive life by building a picture of your destination and then developing a map to get there. Remember, you can't make a map to your successful designation until you know where you are and understand how you got there. Now, this is this is what I'm starting with. This is why I'm changing. This is a change in the direction of my book. I am actually going to now try to get you to think of yourself as the executive of your life. You are the person in charge of your life. You get to decide why you're doing the things that you do. Why do you get up in the morning? Oh, i got to go to that stupid job. Oh, oh no. i got to go get my welfare stamps, and then i got to get my free phone, and then i got to go get my free stuff. And, oh, yeah, maybe I'll sell a few little things along the way and so I have plenty of money and then I'll go to the welfare office and get my other stuff so the people get to think that way or they get to think like I do and I want to talk to and the people I want to help I love what I'm doing I get up in the morning this morning is about 4.10 I usually get up between 4 and 5 I'm not I'm not hurried. I get up, I do my normal perfunctories, eat my breakfast, and get get ready to write down my stuff. I look at the news. I, I check things on my computer. Uh, I write down my things I'm going to do that day and then make sure that I have plenty of time to accomplish all my jobs that I want to do. And when I'm done with that, then I work on how do I get to the things that I want. I go back and I look at my executive division because I'm one person. So I have to do 31 jobs just like an owner of a business has to do 31 jobs. And you have to do all these jobs. You don't have to do them all the time and you don't do them simultaneously. But you think of, okay, I know what, I know that I want to have a successful and productive life. And I can picture where I want to be. Now, like a lot of people say, oh, I want to retire. I hate this job and I can't wait to retire. Well, what does that do for you? That makes your going to work every day a real pleasure, right? No, it doesn't. But if you have a change of attitude, which is the only thing you're really in control of, in your life is your attitude. So as you take your attitude and get started by writing down the things you're going to do that day to make you more successful, and remember, being successful is not happiness. There's a definition. Success is reaching goals. Happiness is wanting the things or the goals that you have achieved. And what I'm trying to get you to think about is how can you change this so that we can have the vision of where we want to be and what we want to do? Like right now, I'm I'm in a position where I get to 
I get to make just enough money to live on, and I'm productive in what I'm doing. I'm working very hard to turn around a golf course and to make it be a member and community asset. That's my that's my job that I do, but I don't get paid for doing that. That's just what I do. And then I go into the community. I'm on two different boards uh, of directors for Peoria Chamber of Commerce and the uh, Peoria Education Foundation where we raise money for uh, students that overcome tremendous odds or difficulties. And uh, I'm in Leadership West, uh, which is a group that's trying to uh, promote and make more life changes on the west side of Phoenix. That's that's my territory that I live in. I want to make my area better. Um, and then I'm starting another thing along with this rewrite of the book, but I'm doing a thing where I'm putting together a pilot program for called GPS, Golf Program in Schools. And I'll talk about that more later. But the idea is to reach kids that would go into public schools and teach kids the introduction to golf. And now you can say, oh, yeah, you just want to have kids golf so they come to your golf course. I don't mind if they come to my golf course, but I don't make money from that. I mean, that. What we're doing is we go to get the kids' introduction to golf. There's first tee and there's junior golf that are excellent programs that take well-trained, quality golfers and put them on programs. What I'm trying to do is introduce kids to golf so that they can see lifestyle things where they can benefit and improve their own life by having the qualities of a golfer, which is the only game that you can play all of your life. I'm going to be 77 soon, and I'm still playing. Uh, I can't box anymore. Well, I could, but I only get one punch, and <laughs> that's a joke. And the uh, I can't run track, or I can't pull vault, or I can't, I can't, I can't. But that's just things that you give up. But the sport. That's the community sport that you get to do is uh, is golf. And so that's what I'm introducing to the kids. So those are things that I've got in my destination, in my productive life or being productive. So I have my vision made up already. And the other part of the book here is remember, you can't make a map to a successful destination until you know where you are now, and understand how you got there. I mean, you're where you're at now, and what you have to do is say, are you happy there? Is everything perfect? If it is, just keep doing it. But I don't think that's the consensus of people in this country. I don't think that's the consensus. And if you're listening to me, you're probably wondering, well, what is this guy keep talking about this stuff for because I don't think most people are being as productive as they can and that doesn't just mean make more money I read Think and Grow Rich as a 19 year old in the US Army 
and I had my life planned, and I knew exactly what I was going to do and how much money I was going to make, and I was on my way doing that. And I figured if I could do that by the time I was 40, it would be wonderful, because at 19, then 40, that's that's like a different age. I mean, those those are all the ancient people. Well, my problem was I did exactly what Napoleon Hill said in his book, and I wasn't I screwed up because I wasn't there at 40. I was there at 27. So I could retire. I had enough money that I could retire. And I said, well, I guess that's what I'll do. Problem is, I mean, I'm just looking at that now. Um, My math is correct. That's 50 years ago. Uh, That was from my first retirement was 50 years ago. So the idea is, Hey, you live longer than that. That's one of the things. The good news is you're living longer. The bad news is you may run out of funds to get you there, to keep you there, to make it a retirement place. So that's what the book is about, is how you get going. So I'm going to read you my first cut on Chapter 7, The Executive Division. And I'm calling it The Executive Decision. When thinking about changing anything in our lives, the hardest step to take is just start. Whether it involves losing weight, exercising, eating better, finding a more satisfying job, making a major purchase, we are all held back by something. Think about the things you'd like to change and put a name to something that is stopping you. Fear, past failure, finances, health issues, education, whatever. We're all created a comfort zone where we stay and dream of the things that we would like to change. So how can we break out of our comfort zone? Now, do you understand comfort zone? That doesn't mean you're comfortable. That just means you're willing to put up with the crud that's in your life because the other stuff is okay. And that's what I want you to be able to get out of. We believe the key starting to starting towards breaking out of your comfort zone is to understand that being in your comfort zone does not mean that you are indeed comfortable and completely satisfied. It means you are willing to put up with things that happen to you while staying where you are otherwise comfortable. Victims of domestic violence are a very painful example of what the willingness to stay in that zone can result in. Let me give you an example. Most people who knew Robert Williams was who he was. He lived a life that we later found out was full of dread, yet he was one of the most loved comedians in my lifetime. It seems like he had everything, and when he would perform, he was excellent. I, I will never forget. Good morning, Vietnam! I mean... The the man was an absolute comedian, genius, but he was also a dramatic artist. I mean, he was he was my my favorite. He made others feel he was in his comfort zone while he was performing, but when he was by himself, he was full of dread, unhappy and depressed. He had everything, as seen by people outside looking in. He had money a glamorous life, and people that loved him. But he killed himself. Why? 
he couldn't deal with his comfort zone that had that he had created and was living in. Williams was in pain. He didn't have somebody that would help him get rid of the pain or learn to use the pain to motivate him to get to a better place. In other words, he was not comfortable in his comfort zone. There was too much unrecognized pain along with health issues that caused him to be overwhelmed. I wish I had been able to work with Robin to show him that there is a way to use the pain that is in your comfort zone to expand and escape what seemed to be an unsolvable issue. You will see in the book there are different parts of your life that compose your entire life, the life you are living now. You must look at yourself first and take a serious inventory of your life. First, you must learn to treat yourself as a priority. Determine how to make yourself happy. Though the book and the program we will present you with have what are seemingly simple questions that are meant to give you those aha moments. We believe through those ahas will come the determination and motivation that will allow you to move forward. This is what I'm trying to do with the program. I'm I'm working with a gentleman, uh, David Phelan, uh, and we're going to put an actual program that will help people get started. Instead of complaining about the pain that you have in your life, the bad things that happen, it doesn't matter if you've got a bad record of this or that, or you've done something wrong and you've got mistakes that you need to correct. Sometimes you have to face those instead of trying to cover them up. I mean, covering them up doesn't work. That, that is just not part of what we can do. So we have to move forward with that. So our job is to figure these things out so that we can move forward. So you, what they used to call in, in a couple of uh, meetings, they used to say, you put all your stuff in this little red wagon that you're towing, and all of a sudden you just take your little red wagon over to the dumpster and throw it all in there, including the red wagon. So just turn yourself into a clean machine so that you know what you want, you have a good attitude, you go to work every day thinking, how can I make my boss money? How can I improve my service to my employer? How can I make what I'm doing here be better for those around me. Once again, you must examine the comfort zone that you are living in and examine what you would change in order to truly be living the life you desire. That means you have to know what the life you desire is. Examinations involve looking at what is causing you to have sadness, pain, or dissatisfaction inside of your comfort zone and find how to use these negatives to help you build your dream life. When examining the wheel we've created, you'll see we've divided what we believe to be the major components of everyone's existence, which of these components need to change so the other life components are changed positively. Our objective is to help you find your path to living a successful, productive, satisfying life by building 
a picture of your destination, and then developing a plan to get there. Remember, you can't make a map to your successful destination until you know where you are now and understand how you got there and where you want to be in the future. There's a saying I live by, if it is to be, it's up to me. I also am a true believer in developing a plan to achieve all we can conceive. The success or failure team, which is what I'm developing for you right now, is here to guide, mentor, inspire, motivate, and walk with you on your journey to being and achieving all you can conceive. Ready, set, grow. The idea is to use the things that we don't like in our life to not allow them in our life anymore. There's things that we do and we say, oh, we don't really need to do that. We don't, you know, we, we'll, we'll be uncomfortable in our comfort zone. So how to start is a major problem with most people. They cannot seem to get past what they think they must do today. However, remember a day has 24 hours. If you go to school or a job or look for a job, there's always time each day to sit and plan if you simply make an appointment with yourself and schedule it in. One hour a day until you have established a minimum plan that includes a vision, a mission, and a life plan, which you have handwritten and read twice a day. Handwritten. That means you're going to physically take your pen or pencil and write down your plan so that your subconscious figures out that that's what you really want. So you're going to combine yourself and your subconscious, both sides of you, into getting the things that you want, and you're going to handwrite them and read it twice a day. As you know, having material things does not in itself make you happy. I'm a very big proponent of that. At one time, I spent a lot of money every month, but I made a lot of money every month. Now, my wife and I don't. We're at a stage in our life where we get a kick out of shopping and getting things cheaper than or the lowest price, best quality, and we take care of the service ourselves. So things, material things don't make you happy. It does give you options. You have choices. However, with those choices comes responsibility. A lot of money equals a lot of responsibility because you have to give back into your community if you have excess. You can't go around and say things like, oh, I have a lot of money. Uh, aren't I great? Oh, I have a lot of money. Don't you wish you were like me? Too bad you have nothing. I mean, what's the what's the point of that? what's the point of being having a hundred cars like you know, a boxing person just bought a hundred cars from a dealership? I mean, because he can, and I hope it makes him happy, but I don't think it will, because there's responsibilities that go with the, making the money. So rather than setting a goal to gain a large sum of money, think of gaining wealth as a product of doing the right things. Look to see how many people you can help. Where can you volunteer at work or work-related charities? Why did I say at work or work-related charities? 
think about it. For example, my personal goal when I started in real estate was to make 10 people millionaires. To do this, I created a written plan to accomplish this mission. Today, with the Internet, your goal could be to help 1 million people. Then develop a plan of how you will accomplish it. Analyze your strengths. Pick one that you would love to do for the rest of your life and become an expert in that area. Excellence demands a high wage, greater self-worth, and a sense of achievement. This is why you strive to better yourself. The people in Baltimore that are looting, I'm not talking about the good people that were having a peaceful, respectful demonstration. I am applauding those people. I'm I'm not applauding them by the fact that they did not help suppress the looters and the rock throwers. If nothing other, like that one mother, though, she did. She saw her son out there, and she physically went in there and grabbed him and said she doesn't want him to be another Freddy. She knows that if the police really were unrestrained, they would have shot the looters. I mean, when you're looting, you deserve the worst treatment because you are the worst of the worst. But these people were just out there thinking it was their right to do that because they've been oppressed. No, they have not gotten the education they need so they can go out and make other people money or make other people's lives better. And when they concentrate on that part of their life, they will get it. So if they would become an expert in any area that they love doing, then excellence demands a high wage. They will receive greater self-worth and a sense of achievement. In this area, find others that are experts in your chosen field and read about them. See how they are doing with the enjoyment of life and their careers and financial rewards. Use these people as gauges to make sure your plan is on track. Set goals and work at least one hour a day tracking your process and progress. Identify and eliminate what is not working. Repeat what is working and add more goals. Life is not set in stone. Oh, I can't do that. I just I, I have a bad back, so I can't do anything. Oh, I'd better go on disability so I can be a slave for the rest of my life to a thousand a month. That's not really that's not really uh, a life goal. Life is not set in stone and it changes on a daily basis. And as we plan changes, we grow hopefully wiser. Wiser by knowing we are in charge of our life and our happiness. In order to establish your vision of how your life will be lived, determine a five-year time frame which you can achieve your ideal situation. So just say, your vision will be developed by knowing what you will have materially, what kind of a car you drive, what kind of house you live in, what kind of clothes you're wearing, do you have a college degree, are you married, what kind of schools are your kids going to. Picture all these things in the context of being happy and fulfilled. So that's your five-year vision, okay? Now you know what you want. Next, figure out how much each item will cost monthly. For example, if it costs $5,000 a month to live in your vision, 
plus you want to save 500 or 10% for investing in your future, now you have a more realistic vision and you need to see yourself in possession of these material objects now and live your life like they're already there. So th my mission is to focus on work and relationships to the point that my vision can be realized. Yes, it is work and relationships. People you can help and people that can help you. In a practical sense, if you want to earn 5500 a month in five years, but today your capacity is only 2500 I guess I'm poor. What can you do? Well, you can change your vision, lower your standards, and keep your material life as it is, and make sure you're buying $5 lattes instead of brewing your coffee at home. This allows you to keep your excuses of why life is not fair, or you can develop a written plan to live your life well. Read the book, follow the instructions, join our program. Start with what you have now. For example, I now have 3000 per month in financial gap in what I'm making, 2500 I'm making, I need 55, that's $3,000 difference. And that's what I have in my vision and my desire. Ask yourself, what am I willing to close this money gap? Be realistic about your plans. Talk to others. Get suggestions and be willing to realign, realign or change. Devote one hour per day to move toward reaching your goals. That's in planning. As you keep writing and thinking about your plan, opportunities will appear. What a conversation. What a concept. Opportunities appear because you're ready for them. They were there anyway. But because you're mentally aware of them and mentally ready for them, you see them. That's how opportunities appear. They've always been there, but you just didn't see them. Things you hadn't considered before come to light. These opportunities were always there, but now you have a plan ready to accept your future as you planned it. When you purchase my book, our book, you will receive 30 days of complimentary mentoring. Contact me at Tom at SuccessOrFailure.org with questions or you have have your plan reviewed. The success or failure team is here to guide, mentor, inspire, motivate, and walk with you in your journey to being and achieving all you conceive. You can conceive. Ready, plan, grow. What do you need to know and what do you need to do? What you need to know, how to develop a plan to have a productive life starts with understanding yourself, what you need to sustain life and what you want to live life well. What do you need to do? When your answer to the three questions below, you will have the data needed to state your goals, then develop your plan. One, where are you now? And what's your gap? Realize how you got there by decisions you made or accepted. This is a two-part question. One, A, are you on a path to financial stability and retirement planning? Yes or no. Are you happy now? What needs to be added or removed? So you, you will be happy. Number two, what do you need materially and what does it cost? Food, clothing, shelter, and others. What do you need? A 
I didn't say want, but what do you need? Now I say, what do you want? This is a combination of material goods and services with a large amount of psychic income. This comes from being productive and living your life well. This is this is the main change that I'm doing with the book. I am going to my goal is to work with this new chapter seven. And I know when I when I try to explain it, most people say, Tom, what are you talking about? Chapter seven before before one? And what is this about these seven divisions? Why is it this way? In speaking about it, you have to physically write this stuff down, I think, so you can see it. And that's the purpose of talking to you today, is so that you get to know what is necessary for you to have what you want. Again, you have to know what you want, and then you have to have a plan to get there. But the reason I say you want to look into your life in the past is that's what decisions you made in the past or you made or you accepted. Either one means you you accepted them. It's your plan or somebody else's. So you are where you're at now. You're in a comfort zone. And now you're getting agitated. I hope I'm agitating you enough to say, I don't want the, the things that are in my life now. I want to move on. Okay. Now I'm putting a plan, a method, for you to do that. I'm going to work with David. In fact, I'm meeting him, this, he and his wife, this Friday, and we're going to start working on a program uh, that uses biofeedback, which is his his skill, um, and we're going to work with that and, and put a program together so that you can, A, buy the book, read and understand, get some things written down so that you are in a position to recognize an opportunity when it comes. So rather than just try to sell you a opportunity, um, we want to make you get you ready to a point where you know what what you want, you have your plan, and then you can move find reasons what is stopping you. And once you remove your barriers to to gain, your barriers to growth, everything else comes out for you. So that's the best I can do. I know I'm just about out of time. Um, I want to, next month I'm hoping Dr. Terry Munzer will be able to join me. But you can see I'm I'm pretty chatty today. So uh, if, if anybody has any questions or comments about today's show, I, I respectfully ask you to uh, contact us at uh, success or failure, Tom at successorfailure.org. You can reach me there. That's my email address for this program. Um, if you want to uh, reach me here about a different subject or about mentoring, I'm a score counselor. I'm a certified score counselor. Uh, if you have a small business that you want to start or you want questions about it, how to improve it or how to start one, that's that's really my expertise is how to start 
I don't like running businesses as much as I like starting them and then hiring people to run them. That's what I that's what I like doing. Um, so I have no problem helping anybody that will email me at tom at suncitycountryclub.org, and I will respond. I get about 400 to 600 emails a day, so yes, I do respond. You won't get a, a 10-page dissertation from me or an hour-long conversation, but I will work on your program and get you started. Um, you can, If you go online now and look at uh, our, our book, Success or Failure, you can order it uh, through our website. It's $20. Uh, you can get the, uh, the version that, that's just uh, a, a non-printed one, you know, just a, a virtual book. And you can get that for like half price. And just so you know, I, as I told you at, when I started, this is not for me to make money. I use the money from the proceeds of the book goes to help autistic kids. We have, um, we've been having one program a year where I bring at least 10 kids out to the club. It's a totally free program to them. Their parents come and we go through a program that helps them. I'm not teaching them golf. I teach them social skills and motor skills. They come out for an hour a day, four days uh, in a month, and four Saturdays in a month, and they just come out for an hour. It gets them something to get out of the house. It gives them something to do, and it makes them very happy. So that's kind of it for me, and uh, if... uh, you have any questions, feel free to contact me. Uh, more than happy to work with everybody that wants to improve and be a productive human being. If you don't, I'm not interested. If you want to be productive and do something better for our society to make us back to where we were, we weren't perfect, but we were better, and I want to go back and get the good things that American life, my American life that I lived lived was wonderful. I had my ups and downs and my other things, but it was all my fault. Everything that happened was on me. But I did. I had some good parents, but I didn't have a lot of mentors, and that's what because my dad didn't didn't know some of the things that that I have been exposed to, and I'm now able to help other people out. I'm going to um, be in L.A. Uh, 15 times during the month of of May, June, and July and August. I'm going to a program sponsored by uh, uh, Goldman Sachs to help uh, small businesses uh, grow their business and hire more employees. So I'm constantly, I'm 77, I'm still going to school. So if I can do it, Anybody can do it. So I'm just another person just like you are. It just depends on getting the things you want in your life and moving forward. Thank you very much, and this is it for me, Tom Legring. Have a a very good month, and I'll talk to you next month. You've been listening to Success or Failure with Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Success or Failure is a Boomer and the Babe Enterprises radio production. 
contact them at boomerandthebabe.com.